Hello everyone and welcome along to this midweek edition of TII. I am here tonight with Kyle McLean. How are you doing, Kyle? I'm all right. Happy after a win. Yeah, we'll get into it. We'll get into that a little bit. There's not there's not a great deal to talk about from last night's game, but we'll get into it a little bit. We're also here with Andy. Andy, how are you doing? Very well, lads. Very well indeed. Excellent. So we're speaking to you um, tonight, roughly. We're recording about 24 hours after Rangers defeated St Johnston 1-0 um, at McDermott Park, which was a pretty quiet game, I think it's safe to say. Um, the main bit of action happened just three minutes in, um, which was pretty much the most exciting part of the full game. Um, a great ball whipped into Morelos's feet by Conor Goldson. Morelos with a, with a deft little flick over the top of the defence and a cool finish from Glenn Kamara. Um, it was the perfect start um, after a, a tough weekend, Kyle, wasn't it? Yeah, um, especially after the Dundee United game, um, we needed to come out and, and I was hoping we would show some sort of reaction to it, some sort of performance. Uh, I mean, not that the performance wasn't there in the Dundee United game, but um, we started off I think um, we were all quite uh, buzzing with the way that we started. Couldn't ask for a better start, scoring after two minutes. I mean, I know you and I were sat next to each other talking about it. Um, perfect way to settle the nerves and really, really hoping we would just go and push on from there. But it just, it just never materialised in the end. Yeah, it's lucky Glenn Kamara was on the pitch, even though you didn't realise, Kyle. <laughs> um, but just as, just as the ball went into Morelos' feet, Kyle went, oh, it'd be great if, if Kamara was on the pitch and running in behind. Um, yeah. as just as Glenn Kamara is running in behind the defence to score home so yeah, it's a good spot from Kyle good that he's, yep. he's paying attention from the start um, Andy, Kyle's taking pretty much the best moment from the game away from you there so um, we, we didn't really have many other chances in that first half with a couple of half chances I think Morelos hitting the post um, was, was potentially the one that that um, that got away from us as such or would have been able to help, help us secure the game um, and it, we weren't really at our most free-flowing best, it's fair to say, on, on that McDermott Park pitch. Do you think that was um, all down to the pitch, or do you think we were showing signs of tiredness? Uh, and individuals were showing signs of tiredness, definitely, I think. <clears throat> but the pitch didn't help. The pitch was very, very poor. Um, we know, the, the Rangers team, we know the players, how good their touches are. Jory both being the main one. Um it was bobbling all over the place. It wasn't great at all. But I'm exactly the same. I feel the same as Kyle. Um, after, I don't know if it was the last podcast I was going to predict, somebody's, somebody's due a doing, you know, you, you don't create 60 chances in two games. You know, okay, we only scored three goals. Somebody was going to come on the end of it. And after the third minute, you think this has got to be it. It's got to be it, you know, but not, never materialised. Um, just a drab Wednesday evening game in Perth, wasn't it really? Very little chances to speak of. Uh, Morelos, he's one. I thought he'd done well to get the shot away. <clears throat> he was getting closed down. He'd done well to get the shot away. I hit the post. Apart from that, in the first half, very, very little to, to speak of. Craig, you're right. Absolutely. And the second half was, it was a non-event as well, Kyle, wasn't it? I guess Conor Goldson's disallowed goal was the only real highlight uh, for us, um, if, it, if that can be called a highlight. So Johnson never really seemed to threaten us in the game, but it felt like as fans and have, looking at the reaction on Twitter, we were getting more and more nervous um, as the game kind of progressed. Do you think that was just us as fans being scarred by our most, our most recent away performance? Or do you think that the players were showing signs of nerves as well? It's, 
I don't know. I don't know. I mean, there was a obviously we all know the news about the the friendly in Australia. I think I don't know how the atmosphere was at the ground. It'd be interesting to hear from somebody that was actually there if it was quite but toxic or whatever before it. But I, I'm not too sure. I think it's at the, at the end of the day, I think it was largely down to tiredness. I mean, I don't mean to pick on Scott Arfield, but just looking at him in particular, he just he looked spent in that second half. I'm sure we'll come on to the. Well, I was going to say substitutions, but lack of at some point. But it was just we look spent. Um, I just think Gio doesn't have any faith uh, on in that bench uh, at the moment. Why you know certain players, Sakala, why he wasn't involved yesterday? I, I would love an answer for that. Um, you know, I was actually having a think about it, and some of our partners, you know, our fellow um, fan media. The question's got to be asked of Gio at the at the press conference tomorrow why there was, was no subs and I, I'm, I'm really looking forward to the answer because I think it left a lot of us pretty flummoxed. Yeah, I've actually yeah. picked up a quote from Giovanni van Bronckhorst after the game, which I'll, I'll come to later on when we um, when we start to talk more in depth about the sub side of things. Andy, when you were watching the game, pretty similar question to what we just asked Kyle. Were you feeling the nerves or did you, or do you think it was the team were nervous or do you think it was just fans that were they were nervous? Definitely felt the nerves. Um, it doesn't help you throw away a two-goal lead at Ibrox four days before it. it doesn't, that doesn't help matters for nerves. <clears throat> One nil away from home isn't really enough, especially in a bobbly pitch when anything can really happen. You know, somebody can uh, make a bad touch and somebody's through, you know, and we've shown we don't, don't react well to pace uh, from Sunday there. But no, I'm quite nervous. They were just, Arfield was tiring. Um, I totally agree with Kyle there. I no idea why Sakala wasn't involved. I, I thought he would have started. Um, perhaps it was the pitch, I don't know. Um, I'm really intrigued to hear the answer and I, I hope he gets asked that tomorrow before before Saturday um, just to clear it up. I'm interested to see the quote you're going to talk about later on. Craig, yeah, I've not heard any post-match stuff at all. I went straight to bed after the game last night. I've not heard it today, so uh, I'm really intrigued to see the answer to that because it, it, that was a game that needed subs. It needed, it needed changing um, for various reasons. One, The main one being the tyre of, of certain players, you know. So I'll be intrigued to hear tomorrow if somebody asks him a question, what he says. Yeah, absolutely. And I think just moving on to the, the substitution side of things now, um, we're in a, a situation where we're effectively playing Thursday, Sunday, Thursday, Sunday, pretty much every single week at the moment. Um, we, we can't forget that just seven days ago from the point we're recording, we were beating, we were going toe-to-toe -to -toe with Borussia Dortmund and, and knocking them out of the, the Europa League, which is no mean feat in itself. Um, so I think but I think signs of tiredness have started to come in and some concerns have started to be raised by the fans after the, the weekend game against Motherwell. Um, we went through the St Johnston game. It was a heavy pitch. We weren't playing our best. Um, I think there was, there was feeling there were a few players that were almost dead on their feet during the game. Um, and ultimately, we've made one substitution in the last 180 minutes of football, which which seems insane. Um, as when you when you've got five substitutes available to us now, Kyle, I'm just going to touch on what Giovanni van Bronckhorst said after the game, and and then you can give me your your thoughts on it. But he, when he was asked about the um, not making any substitutions during the game, he said sometimes you make changes to turn things around, but I didn't feel we needed to. I was just focused to get the win, three points in the bag, and go home. Sometimes football is like that. Do you think that's a fair enough excuse that he was just seeing the game out, or do you think it's actually put us in a in a bit of, a, a bit of trouble from a fitness perspective going forward? 
I'm not. I'm not sure. I mean, I know football might be like that sometimes, but it's no good for my heart. I mean, I was, you know, I was absolutely bricking it yesterday, getting towards the last ten minutes of that game, especially when um, there was that we I would call it a mishap between the header back between Tav and, and McGregor, which, by the way, I thought he had control of that ball. How a foul wasn't blown for that, I don't know. But yeah, sometimes I mean it's a bit cliched, but this is the game that you would hope would win you championships at the end of the day. Um, but I, I just, I mean, to look at some certain players, if you've got Sands on the bench, I don't know why Sands wasn't coming on for Lundstrom, even the last 10, 15 minutes, just to give him a bit of a rest. Um, Sakala for Arfield just seemed so obvious. I mean, I, I, I don't, I've not spoken to any Rangers supporter last night or today that didn't, uh, hasn't said that Sakala should have been involved in that game um, at some point. It's a real interesting one. I just Scott writes the one uh, for me if, uh, on the bench that he clearly doesn't trust. Uh, and again, I, I don't know why. I don't know if he's just not seen enough of him in performances. But you can't be telling me that between Roy McKay, Dave Voss, and Giovanni Van Bronckhorst, I mean the number of football games they've watched between them, the number of coaching badges they've got between them, it, it's slightly worrying that there was no substitutions made last night. Yeah, absolutely, and they just. Picking up on Kyle's point there, I think I think Scott Arfield definitely looked one of those that was that was struggling with with tiredness. I think Joe Aribo as well struggling um, to get into the group, get into his groove after coming back from the African Cup of Nations. What kind of message do you think uh, Giovanni Van Bronckhorst is trying to send? Do you think he's trying to send a message to the players that are on the bench? Do you think he's trying to send a message to the board um, about the, the level of player that he currently has and that, that he needs to? freshen up and spend some money in the summer? I wouldn't like to think he's sending any type of message to the players um, because if the only message that comes out of that last night is we don't, I don't trust you to go on there. Um, and that's a terrible, a terrible, terrible message to be sending. So I don't believe that to be the case. I'm going to take him at face value um, and he couldn't see it benefit the team in any way just to try and see it. I'll take him at face value until I see it otherwise. Um, the worrying thing is for me, We've got a big squad. A big squad of good players. And listen, I'm a big fan of Thursday Sunday football. Massive fan of th- I think we play some of our best football when it's Thursday, it's relentless like that. But you've got a big squad to deal with that. So you need to use it. And it was so apparent last night to people, people sitting at the stand, to people sitting in their couches at home. It was more than apparent that some of the players needed a rest and, and there's players on the bench that could have done the job for them. I'm quite sure of it. So I don't think he'll be sending a message to them because that's that's not a good message at all. Um, so early on in his tenure, you know. Sakala, for me, I, I don't know, I mentioned it before, I can't go over it. I cannot go over it. Um, somebody stretched the game, stretch his legs, stretch that back four or back five, whatever it was, um, and, and and do something, you know, and take the pressure off a wee bit as well. You've got an outlet, when you've got an outlet like that and a game like that, it just seems silly not to use it to me. Yeah, can, I, can I just come in with something, Craig, for two seconds? See, I think something that um, was, I've been giving Van Bronckhorst a lot of praise for the small tweaks and the small changes that he's made in games. And I think it's a total 180 and going from, you know, making these substitutions. I mean, he's quite bold. He made a, he's made subs at half time when things haven't been working. I, I'm not saying it wasn't working and I know the pitch, it, but it needed a change yesterday. Even just that just to give Arfield a rest, just to give Aribo a rest. And it, it, it's surprising. It, it's really caught a lot of supporters off guard. And I, and I think that's, given that he's 
been so willing to make changes quite ruthlessly before in the past. So don't know why it didn't happen. Andy, just one last thing on the subs from last night. I think one of the ones that is striking me more and more, apart from Sakawa playing really well and then getting dropped, I think is actually Kamaru's status within the squad um, and the fact that you, you guys you guys mentioned quite a few of the subs on the bench last night and none of you mentioned Kamar Roof. And now he was such a pivotal player for us at points last season, grabbing plenty of important goals. I think his... Um, his goal scoring ratio um, per chance he's created is pretty high. To be fair, why do you think he's fallen or appears to have fallen so much out of the plans? It must just it must just be Giovanni Van Brockhurst's outlook on him. It's the only thing it can be, Craig. I remember podding, I think you were involved in it, in fact, at some point. Um and was Morelis out or was he go was it when he went to Columbia? I can't remember. But there was it was looking very likely that he might need to lead the line for a couple of weeks. And I was more than happy with it. More than happy with it. Such was his form last season with the important goals. As you say, the goal-to-chance ratio, even the goal-to-minutes in the pitch ratio for him is, is excellent. It's fantastic. It can only be that Van Brockers doesn't fancy him. Why that is, I don't know, because I, I, I do. I like him. Um, but the thing is, he's not Alfredo Morelos, is he? That's the thing. He's When you've got somebody so high that you're comparable to in your position, it's always going to be difficult for you. Um, I'd like to see him get more minutes. But under Giovanni Van Brockhurst, I don't think we're going to see much of Kemar Roof for some reason. I just don't think we're going to see much of him. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's a yeah, it's a real shame, to be fair. I think he is a man that struggles with injuries, but he does he does contribute. And um, I think he's been a bit hard done by um, with how he's been treated at the moment. Um, we might see that change in the, the final nine games of the season, but I think he's been quite hard done by um, at the moment. So moving on to... Potentially one of the bigger talking points, potentially bigger than the game. Yesterday was um, Rangers' confirmation that they were going to be taking part in the Sydney Super Cup in November this year, um, between November 16th and November the 21st, um, just at the start of the winter break for the Qatar World Cup. Um, Rangers confirmed this after a day full of rumours. Um, our, our friends across the city had, um, had confirmed their attendance Rumours were, were abound that Rangers and Celtic would play against each other um, in, in Sydney in this friendly tournament. The reaction, I think to say, I think it's safe to say, was that it wasn't a popular decision, um, to say the least. Um, and they come to you, firstly on that, we heard some some protests about it from the fans at, at the game last night. What is, what is your view of, firstly, us taking part in this competition, and secondly, how it how it um, was announced? Well, firstly, I'm not for it at all. I'll get that off my off my chest uh, straight away. I'm not for it at all for two reasons. And before I get into them, I totally understand money's got to come in, and this is the new the new normal, if you like to to quote a, a new phrase. Um, as these things, you see it happening in the NFL, you see it happening in baseball now. I, th- I think it's. The NFL, I think they must play a game in London or something like that, don't they? It's in their contract. And it's a league game they play. It's actually a, a rostered game they play. It's not even used a friendly like this. Now, I'm not for it because Rangers and Celtic, we kind of pride ourselves on being one of the biggest derbies, if not the biggest derby in the world. Now, right or wrongly, that's that's to do with the level of hatred towards each other. It's as simple as that. We may as well be honest about it. You're not going to get that in a friendly tournament, you know? But the main one for me is, and I, I don't know your your, your uh, viewpoints on it, lads, 
it seems like we're going together. That's the feeling I've got. Rangers and Celtic are going over there to play each other over there as a couple. Now, I'm not for that at all. It's as if they're hanging on to their coattails and Angie's big homecoming. That's all they're billing it as. Now, this team pander to a minority of their fans, or a majority of their fans probably, who don't even use her name. And they, don't even, they don't even print her name on their, their, uh, their programmes. They call it the Glasgow Derby rather than the Old Firm. And that's only to pander to certain fan bases within their support. So, no, I'm not for it at all. The protests, um, rightly or wrongly, I don't, I don't agree with the way the protest was done last night, uh, for obvious reasons, because it could harm the club. Uh, but it's not, it's not going to be the end of it. Will Rangers back down? I don't think so. I don't think Rangers will back down. Fans have got so much power, but deep down, Rangers Football Club know that come the turn of the year, come the turn of the season, there'll be 600 quid coming out of my bank account for my season ticket in Eastern Closure. They know that. And if I don't do it, somebody will take my seat in Eastern Closure. And they know that. Um, so they can protest all they want. I don't think Rangers will change their mind, but I think they, they should. Kyle, I'm going to ask you the, the same question. Firstly, what's your thoughts on us agreeing to be part of the tournament and to play the, the friendly old firm game? Are we going to go with that? Um, and secondly, how, what's your thoughts on how it was announced? First of all, uh, I've not met a single Rangers supporter that is in favour of this whatsoever. I think the club has had an absolute shocker with this. You know, we've had, I know you and I were talking about it straight away and I think we were just a bit stunned that it was even mooted as a possibility. A, a friendly old, I mean, it just sounds horrible <laughs> saying it, doesn't it? I mean, I can't, what I'm looking at, 10 years down the line, how many people are going to be going, oh, do you mind that super Sydney Super Cup old firm game that we played? Nobody's going to remember it. Nobody's going to be bothered. I do understand there's, there's a commercial aspect. They've got to bring um, money in because it's the way that the club is now. That's that's the way the business model, the, the board's been quite um, open about that, that we have to look for external revenue streams. It's, and it's a good idea in principle, but you just had to ask any supporter and they would have told you this. In terms of the way it's been presented, it's, it's been a shocker. I don't know how between um, David Graham, Stuart Robertson and, and James Busgrove, between the three of them, how they didn't know this was going to be marketed. Their manager is Australian. We are playing in Australia. We're playing against one of the teams that he used to manage. It was obviously going to be towards their favour. I just feel like we've been made mugs of. That's the way I feel about it. And I think a lot of supporters feel that way. I mean, I'm just, I'm just disgusted to be honest with you, that's going ahead. I mean, my first thoughts went to the, the guy that we sat next to at Ibrox. Um, he's Australian, and at the moment he's in Australia, uh, and and he, he was he was fuming about it, Greg. He was absolutely raging about it. His dad, that's who he's over. He's visiting his, his dad over there at the moment, and um, he his dad said, it's 30 minutes away. It's 30 minutes for me to get to a team that I've not seen play in you know, a good number of years, and he's got no appetite for it whatsoever and I think that tells you everything you need to know I know the Sydney True Blues came out with a statement condemning it as well so I don't know I'm firmly of the opinion that it doesn't look like it but I think the club needs to get out of it Absolutely Andy um, Kyle mentioned a few names on the board there he mentioned David Graham who's the, the comms director he mentioned Stuart Robertson who's the managing director and he mentioned um, James Bisgrove who is I believe the marketing director is his official title. Um, but 
by all accounts, going by James Bisgrove's interview that he did for RTV and was posted on the club's social media channels, it was a unanimous decision from the board um, to back to back this one. Where do you feel the blame lies within the club? I think there's been a bit of a scattergun approach on Twitter, it's safe to say. Where do you feel the, the blame should lie? And do you feel there should be any repercussions from it at all? I think Bisgrove, um, I think he's miscalculated this massively. Um, I don't doubt they sat around the table and it's came up that the fans won't be for this. Um, the level of detest for it, if you like, I don't think they've foreseen coming. I think they thought it'll be a case of, uh, they'll, they'll shout and ball about it for a while and then it'll be fine and we'll go and we'll, we'll make our money. Uh, I think it's Bisgrove that's done that. I don't... You know what it's like. I mean, it was, it was half an hour after he beat Borussia Dortmund. You were getting emails, weren't you? Saying, uh, buy this, buy he's, he's, he's good at his job. He is good at his job. He creates revenue. That's what he's there for. A marketing director creates revenue. So for him to go and to create revenue, that's that's his job. This is not the right way to do it. It's as simple as that. Now, I've heard rumours that it's two and a half million. Is that, is, have you boys heard that? Is that what it is? Two and a half million pounds for this? I think that's, I think that number came out because he said, Basically, it's as much as we done for a full season in the SPFL. So I think people have put two and two together to come to that. Figure. That's the number. I don't, think, up with. I don't think it's been confirmed as that. Um, um, if he wants to round it up to three million and lobby the season ticket holders, I can guarantee you they'll, they'll pay a levy not to go there. If they want their three million pound, we'll give them it. Don't take us there and play Celtic. It's not the done thing. Absolutely. I think it's interesting that you've picked out James Bisgrove. Um, purely because I'm about to hit you with a, a surprising stat, I think, um, here, just completely blindsided you. So we had a poll out on the TII Twitter account um, asking if James Bisgrove was out of order, pretty much, in, in what he's done, or if, if if the fans felt he was just doing his job and it was the rest of the board that that, that had to kind of kibosh the idea as such. Um, and uh, believe it or not, 68.6% said he was just doing his job. Um, which was uh, that's from around 450 votes as well um, I, I, Andy I have to say I, I tend to agree with them a little bit I work in sort of marketing PR side of things I think his job is to find opportunities and take them to the board um, I think the real I think the real blame lies with Abe um, Stuart Robertson um, I think from a director perspective he needs to understand his fan base his customers I think he spoke very well actually on a podcast with Mark Chapman for The Athletic um, a few months ago they spoke about um, some issues that, that were happening within, within Rangers and were being discussed around sort of safe standing around old firm ticket allocation and all he, all he spoke about was listening to the fans and doing what the fans wanted and, yeah. and um, it, it was it was all about it was all centred on fan opinion now for a man to to do that on those issues and then to not understand fan opinion on this issue is just it's absolutely crazy and then that's before you even come on to how it's how it's been um, communicated now I I cannot believe that our comms director has allowed this to happen I think it's it's clearly been leaked in Australia um, I don't think it's too difficult to work out who it was leaked by in Australia, but it's clearly been leaked in Australia the day before the actual announcement was due to take place. The other half of the city have jumped on that. Um, all of the communication around it has been around Angie's homecoming, I think. I think it was described uh, on the A-League uh, World 
the A League um, Twitter account is Angie's or Angie Ball World Tour or something like that. How our communication director can allow that to happen is absolutely beyond me. Um, and for a man that's supposed to be as experienced as he is, I think some serious, serious questions have to be have to be asked of him um, around that. Um, Kyle, are, are you in agreement with with um, sort of myself, or are you in agreement with with Andy? Is where the sort of the blame lies a bit. I, I agree with you, Craig. I think uh, um, James Bysgrove, sorry, is just there to to present commercial deals to the club, and it's the members of the board that decide what what um, what deals we take. Um, I mean, if, I don't know. I mean, I'm just thinking. I, I get annoyed thinking about it. I just I don't know how somebody didn't pop their head into John Gregg's office if he was there at the club and asked him about it because you would have got you would you know what answer you would have got and it just it wouldn't be a thing. Um, and it's just what 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 is particularly leaving a bitter taste in my mouth. I mean, you and I have got the the club gear on at the moment, and it's 150th anniversary. It's just it's just about in the stones, and it's it shouldn't it shouldn't be going ahead. Yeah, absolutely, Andy. I think I think the fact that it's our 150th anniversary as well. I think that's that is um, one of the things that's really irked Rangers fans, and I think even more so that. We're celebrating our 150th anniversary at the game this weekend at Ibrox against Aberdeen, which we'll come on to preview shortly. Do you think that's that's exacerbated the feeling amongst the Rangers fans? I think so. I really do think so. Um, it's put a bit of a sickener in my, my stomach about it. I'm still going Saturday. I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. Um, thoroughly looking forward to it. In fact, I like a Rangers-Aberdeen game. Anyway, but you've got the 150 anniversary celebrations and all the rest of it. I know we're going to go into the TIFO and all the rest of it, but I'm um, looking forward to seeing that. It's put a bit of a, a dampener on it for me. Aye. I mean, yesterday, I was walking about in a bit of a daze. No way are we going to Australia to play Celtic. No way in a friendly tournament. Do you know what I mean? It's no, it doesn't sit right with me. It doesn't feel right. It doesn't feel like what Rangers should be doing. Um, and as Kyle said, they're quite rightly so. I've not met anybody who said this is a good idea. Um, but I do understand that you need to make money. I do understand that you need to make money. But as I've said before on the podcast here, if it's only about money, we'll give them it. Don't go. Yeah, yeah I think that's a, a very fair point. Um, so just to just to a final point on the, the friendly side of things, um, and it kind of leads us nicely into the 150th anniversary celebrations on Saturday. Um, the Union Bears have released a statement today um, and I'm just going to read it out. So for those who haven't um, seen it or haven't read what the Union Bears have said. Um, so the Union Bears have been raising money um, over the past, um, it must have been six months or so at least, um, for, a, for a major uh, TIFO to celebrate um, Rangers' um, 150th anniversary, uh, incorporating four lads who had a dream and, and everything along those those um, those lines, um, great managers, great players, that side of things. So they released a statement today on the back of um, the protests that they led last night uh, at McDermott Park and also um, the, the reaction that the club gave. So their statement was as follows. We are disgusted to learn that our club have plans to take part in a friendly over in Australia against our biggest rivals, though not, though not entirely shocked given the recent over-commercialisation of the club. We made our feelings clear last night and will continue to oppose this match for as long as necessary, taking whatever actions we feel are required. Over the past few months, we as a group have been working tirelessly to create a TIFO to celebrate our club's 150th anniversary. Um, 
it, it has taken hundreds of man hours and cost thousands of pounds, which was raised by the Rangers support. Um, it's news uh, of this despicable friendly um, had made us reconsider our plans. How can we have a day of celebration while this is hanging over our heads? After much discussion over the past 24 hours, we have came to the decision that the TIFO will go ahead despite the disappointment, anger and frustration we currently have towards those from the club behind this narrow-minded, cash-driven decision. Um, a TIFO has not been done for men in a boardroom with no real emotional attachment to our club. It's been done for us as fans to celebrate 150 years of our magnificent football club. Board members will come and go, but the one major consistency at Rangers will always be the supporters. We'd ask all fans inside Ibrox on Saturday to take part in the TIFO, no matter your feelings towards the, the disgusting decision that the board has made. This TIFO is for the four lads that had a dream, it's for our players and managers who have contributed to the club's success, but most importantly, Saturday's TIFO is for the fans, past and present, who have stood by the club through thick and thin. So let's not allow them, the board, to take away more from us than they already have. Our club, not theirs. Kyle, that's a pretty lengthy statement just there. Um, what's your, your thoughts on the back of that? Um, I, to me, it was a bit of a surprise that they were even considering um, not going ahead with with the TIFO that they spent so long working on. Was that a surprise to yourself? Um, not really. Not really because of the... I mean, I'm sure you know from first hand how, how angry and how annoyed I've been at this announcement. And, you know... And the union bears are just they will take it to that to that place. They've got the the stage, the platform to to really make a bit of noise at Ibrooks and and you know make their feelings um, heard about it. I'm I'm glad they're going ahead with the TIFO. I think it is important. I think that the um, sentiment that they've got that they're doing it for the supporters because I'm I'm really looking forward to it. I'm sure like everybody we've we're, we're all really bought into it being our 150th anniversary this year. Um, but I'll, I can't see this being the end of it from the Union Bears um, going forward. I, I'm not sure what they'll do, but I can, I can certainly imagine um, that they're not they're not singing songs at games. I know they've done that before in the past, and and sometimes the atmosphere is a bit rank. And and hopefully, you know, the board sees sense from something like that. But I fear that we that we won't. Andy, do you? Um, I think that I think it goes without saying that the, the TIFO is going to be something spectacular um, as we head into the game on Saturday, and I think, I think it was a real point of power that the Union Bears could have could have used to really take their message to to the board. Are you concerned that this might overshadow the celebration, and is there is there any chance that it might even affect the team? I don't think it'll affect the team. Um, if they didn't go ahead with their TIFO, it may well affect the team, if you know what I mean. Um, I'm glad they're going ahead with it. I'm really looking forward to seeing what it is. They're, they're normally spectacular, so this one's got to be, um, in my opinion. So I'm really looking forward to seeing that. Um, I was surprised that they were even thinking of doing it with yourself, Craig. I was surprised that they were thinking of uh, not doing it. But God knows where they're going to go. They're not going to let it lie. The last, the last few sentences of that statement there basically says we're doing this because we've spent so long and so much money on it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not over. It's not over. God knows where they're where they're going to go. If they, Ibrox could turn into a library if they're not if they're not singing. Sometimes you know it's pretty horrible. Will that be enough? I don't think so. Um, I don't know how they're going to get the board to try and change their mind because as we spoke about before. They must have sat around their table and knew this was coming, maybe not to this level, but they knew it was coming. What they're going to do in the future, I don't know, but I'm thoroughly looking forward to Saturday and I can't wait to see this TIFO. 
Absolutely, and, and we'll just move um, into our Aberdeen game preview now, Andy, and I'll stick with you. Um, Aberdeen um, lost again the other night um, against Hearts, 2-0 defeat at Tynecastle. Um, they're currently sitting 10th in the league, which even I'm surprised about, um, but they do only seem to seem to turn up against ourselves. Um, so I'm still expecting a tough game on Saturday. The one curveball, I think, is that we are wearing our commemorative um, strip, um, which we, um, in the past, in the past few seasons, we've won a few commemorative strips. I don't think any of them have resulted in, in wins or at least good performances. Um, does that does that add a, add a wee bit extra um, to the game? Do you think on Saturday, and, and how do you how do you feel heading into the game? I feel confident, Craig. I'll be honest with you. I do feel confident. We're due them one. We really are due them one. Um, and I think we will. I think we will win. Now. I'm not basing that on last night for obvious reasons. Um, the Ibrox playing surface is a million times better than that last night. Um, such is the, the the day with the with the strip on. I'm not a big superstitious fan like that. I, I know it's I know a lot of the boys are and I understand that. I get it. Um, I don't think it will matter. I'm quietly confident that we'll we'll, we'll smash them because we're due them. It. Um, and if you want to, if you want to play a team in your 150th anniversary celebration game with a massive teeth go and give them a doing, you want Scott Brown in it, <coughs> and it's coming. I think it's coming. Famous last words here, but no, I'm looking forward to it. I'm, I'm really confident. Um, interested to see the team. We'll probably get onto that. I know, and I'll be minute or two. But very interested to see what team he names. Um, and his press conference tomorrow. I'm looking forward to hearing what he says about that as well. Okay, well, I know you're a, a superstitious man at the, at the best of times, never mind when when Rangers are have a lot at stake in a game. Um, yeah. I think we've got, a real, we've got a real opportunity heading into Saturday's game to put a bit of pressure onto, onto Celtic. They go, we play first on, on Saturday afternoon, they go away to Livingston on Sunday um, to a game that, by all accounts, they are, their fans are not confident. Yeah about and them taking three points. Firstly, how are you feeling about the commemorative strip? And secondly, um, do you, how do you think we'll fare in a game that really is a must win? Um, in terms of the commemorative strip, I think I'm going to have to do a lot of tapping uh, on the way into Ibrooks to maybe suss out, maybe level out the superstition I've got there with it. I'm, uh, I love that strip. I've been on record and saying that I think it's a fantastic strip. Um, I'm actually quite looking forward to them uh, wearing it and seeing Rangers playing at home in, in all white, I'm imagining it'll be. Um, I don't know if you remember, I've been trying to see the goalkeeper kit. I love that kit as well, the all blue with the with sort of gold trim on it. Um, but in terms of the game, you know, uh, outside Celtic, Aberdeen is a team that I love Rangers playing most uh, in the league. Um I really I hope Andy's right. I hope I hope we do give him a doing. I'm maybe not as confident as you two. I know their league performances have been terrible this year. They're sitting in tenth, which is shocking for for Aberdeen. Um, it'll be really interesting to see what squad plays. As we've already touched on, there's a lot of players that look quite lethargic in that. The only um, that I hope I can maybe take from the compared to the game on Wednesday is is that at least we're not going to be playing in that turgid 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 pitch, sorry. Um, at least hopefully we'll get some nice um, passing on the go, but yeah, hope we pump them, but I don't know if we will. <laughs> Andy, you've touched on um, the sort of starting 11 side of things again. Obviously, we've, we've spent a wee bit of time on substitutions and the lack of them in the last few games. Do you expect there to be many changes for the game on Saturday? I do. I, I, I do. Now, <laughs> 
I can't remember how many weeks ago it was. It was certainly after the winter break. But I sat on a podcast and named a start the living. And then the next day, Van Bronckhurst on a press conference and three of them were injured. So I don't know if I'm going to go down the line of naming a team, but I think there will be changes. Um, I think there will be changes. Um, I'd like to see... Is Ryan Jack fit for Saturday? He did say Ryan Jack's back, didn't he? He did say so, yeah. I would like to, I'd like to see a midfield of... Now, whether Ramsey's there or not, I don't know. Uh, I'd like to see Jack... Um, Aribo and Kamara with Kent Morelos and Sakala up front. Mm. Now that's that in my head now that's giving us uh, fresh legs, if you know what I mean. There's a couple of fresh legs in there. Um and as I say with the big pitch at Ibrooks, the day it is, I'm quietly confident this could this could be really good. Yeah, absolutely. Kyle, Andy's Andy's taken if, if I remember correctly, he's taking Winstrom out there um, and put Ryan Jack in and then he's taken our field out. Moved Aribo back into midfield and, and stuck Sakala um, out wide up front. Would you would you agree that those are the, the two changes you'd expect to see? Um, I would keep Lundstrom in that team. I think him and Ryan Jack have been our best central midfield partnership throughout the whole season. I don't think it's a coincidence that they were such um, key in the in the wins against Dortmund. Um, I'm a bit. I think Arfield should be out the team purely just to give him a rest. I'm a bit worried about that because I think during these games he's an excellent foil for, for Scott Brown. I think he just, um, I mean, insert a gif of uh, the, the drop ball in that old Fern game a few years ago between the two of them. I just think he gives them something different. You know, to think about, I think and they're similar. I don't want to say they're similar players. That's not what I mean because I don't want to compare Scott, uh, Arfield to Scott Brown. But they, they get Scottish football is what I mean. You know there's going to be a right good battle between the two of them. You know that they're going to be going at each other You know during the 90 minutes. Um, but yeah, in terms of the front three, uh, Sakala is, has got to start against Aberdeen. He's shown too much good form um, not to. And I think pace down both wings with, with Ryan Kent uh, and, and Sakala with, with Alfie through the middle... I think that's an excellent combination against their back four. I know you mentioned um, Scott Brown there and he's, I guess, the prime candidate to get involved. But sometimes in Aberdeen games, we get involved in the wee niggly things and we just get caught up in the, uh, in the, the I call it dislike for each other um, and, uh, and they, they are sort of mind games as such. We get caught up in that. Morelos is a prime candidate, although he's he's mellowed a bit in recent seasons, mm. um, but he still has a wee dig at Scott Brown every time they're on the pitch together and stuff like that, which which I enjoy, but it's not necessarily helpful for the team. Um, so I think it'll be interesting to see how we line up. I hope we come absolutely flying out of the blocks, um, like we did last weekend, um, but I also hope we're able to keep a clean sheet, which we weren't able to do, do last weekend. Um, so just to round off um, what's been a... A lot of topics on the pod. Um, Andy, I'm going to come to you first of all for a, a predicted scoreline. I know you said you're confident. This is, I suppose, money where your mouth is, time. Three or four now. Excellent. I, I was very confident. That was just yeah. no nonsense. Just straight <laughs> in there. Three or four now. No, no elaboration, no nothing. Just three or no. four now. Three or four now. I just can't, I can't see... I thought it was coming the other night, as I said. I thought it was coming the other night. As, um, but just with the day it is, with the pitch at Ibrox, three o'clock on Saturday, so football should be played against Aberdeen, who, Kyle included, everybody hates if you're involved with Rangers. Um, Scott Brown's in the team. 
we're playing well, we're creating chances, they will go in eventually, they will go in. I think it's going to be Saturday. Yeah, absolutely. And Kyle, over to you. I think um, we're about the time um, I saw a um, tweet today that was effectively we're exactly a year on from Alfredo Morelos scoring that late winner against Livingston um, that pretty much won us the, won us the league left us with St Mirren to play at Ibrooks. Um the weekend. This weekend is going to be a year since we clinched um, the 55th league title that, that Rangers have won. Um, and just after that, we absolutely hammered Aberdeen 4 now at Ibrooks. Um, are you expecting a similar kind of result um, this weekend or are you going to be a bit tighter? I think I'll be a bit tighter purely because they always show up against us. I've seen it, well, we've all seen it time and time again. This is the game that Aberdeen supporters, Aberdeen Football Club, they look forward to every season is this. We've got a real chance on, on Saturday of making it electric, even though the um, there is that game. I'm hoping that the supporters put their, the, the friendly in Australia aside and just really, really get behind the team. We know what Ibrox is like when they've got these big tifos up. Everybody's buzzing. And I just hope that that goes towards the, the, the team in the pitch. And I really hope we, we give them a good game. But I, I'm going to go for a, a bit more cautious than Andy. I'm going to say 2-0. 2-0, right, OK. I think, um, I think we've got a real opportunity um, going into this game to really put the pressure on Celtic. We've got nine games left, two, two games against them um, to play. I think the, the league title's in our hands, but we can't. We can't um we can't slip up in any in any way around around that um in terms of results and in, in terms of performances. We just need to keep putting three points on the board and then the old fun games will, will take care of themselves, hopefully. Um so I'm gonna go with a I'm gonna be even more cautious than Kyle. I'm gonna go for a two one um victory for Rangers, but I guess three points in the bag and and on to on to midweek against Red Star is the is the name of the game. So, Kyle, thank you very much. Andy, thank you very much for joining us. And until next time, goodbye.